0: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
1: Not as I will, but as you will. Jesus lovingly submitted to the will of the Father, even when it was physically and emotionally difficult for Him. And here in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, it says, He who says he abides in Him ought to walk just as Jesus walked. Jesus walked in loving obedience to the Father, and we should walk in loving obedience as well to His Word. Have you ever
0: questioned the authenticity of someone who claims to be a Christian? What about your own faith? Have you ever questioned whether you're truly saved? As Pastor Dan will remind us in today's message, to follow Christ is to be surrendered to His will over your own. Don't expect perfection in this life from yourself or anyone else. But overall, your life should reflect a heart that is submitted to Jesus. Your lifestyle can't stay the same when your heart has experienced His grace and love. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of John, chapter 14, for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: John chapter 14, look at verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. How do we show our love for Jesus Christ? We keep his commandments. That's how we demonstrate our love for him. And remember in the Bible, love is not just this feeling that we have, right? Love is something we demonstrate. Love is something we show by our actions. How do we show that we love Jesus? By keeping his commandments. Uh, Look down in verse 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. You have the commandments, you keep them. That shows that you love him. I'll look at verse 23. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. Look at verse 24. He who does not love me does not keep my words. He who does not love me does not keep my words. So a true disciple keeps the word of God. A false disciple does not keep the word of God. It's that simple. That's the mark. That's the characteristic. That's the evidence of a true disciple or or someone who's a false disciple. Are they keeping the word? Are they obeying him? Are they submitted to him? Are they submitted to the word of God? Uh, turn with me over to Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 6, uh, beginning in verse 46. Again, Jesus speaking, and he says, But why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things which I say? The word Lord, kurios, in, in Greek, it means master. It means Owner. Uh, the the word Im- implies it speaks of ownership. It's used in the in the Bible to describe the relationship between a master and his slave, the owner. Uh, we as as disciples are described in the Bible as slaves of Christ. We've been bought for a price. The Bible says, "My life is not my own." He, he, we're owned. We've been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And in verse 46, Jesus says, why do you call me Lord? Why do you call me your master? But you don't do what I say. You don't obey me. And so some were calling Jesus Lord, but they weren't obeying him. And and what Jesus is saying here is if if you don't obey him, he's not your Lord. He goes on in verse 47, whoever comes to me and hears my saying, sayings and does them, that's the key, it's the doing, that's the key, not just hearing but doing, I will show you whom he is like. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock and when the floods arose the stream beat vehemently against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built his house on the earth or on the sand without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was uh, great. So you have these two houses. Uh, The two houses um, are, are both fine until the storm comes. And what's the storm? It's God's judgment. Once God's judgment comes, now the house that is built upon the rock, which would be the person who hears the word and does the word, that person is able to stand in the judgment. The one who hears but doesn't obey, just ignores it, doesn't do anything, that person doesn't stand in the judgment. Uh, turn with me over to 1 John chapter 2. Uh, look at verse 3. Now, by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. So we can know, we can be certain, that we that we know him how if we keep his commandments if we obey his commandments a, a disciple abides in his word a disciple obeys his commandments i look at verse 4 he who says i know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar <laughs> tell us what you really think about him john and the truth is not in him so the person who says I know him. Hey, I'm, I'm a Christian, but doesn't keep his commandments. That person is lying. They aren't telling the truth. They aren't really a believer. They aren't really a true disciple. Verse five, he goes on. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this, we know that we are in him. By what? By keeping God's word. We know that we are in him. We have the assurance of our salvation and the assurance of our love for God by our obedience to his word. Verse 6, look at verse 6. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as Jesus walked. How did Jesus walk? Jesus walked in loving submission to the will of the Father. Jesus walked in loving submission to the will of the Father. We, we've seen that throughout the Gospel of John, where Jesus has said numerous times already, even though we're only in chapter eight, he has said, I've come to do the will of the father. I only do the will of the father. My food is to do the will of the father. He's all about the will of the father. Uh, In John 14, he says, as the father gave me commandment, so I do. Uh, John nine, he says, I must work the works of him who sent me. Jesus submitted to the father's will, even when it was difficult for him to submit to the father's will. And Gethsemane, Remember in Gethsemane, as he's there and he's praying the night of his arrest and the the night before he would be crucified and separated from the Father and have all of the sins of the world laid upon him. Jesus prayed, Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Jesus lovingly submitted to the will of the Father, even when it was physically and emotionally difficult for him. And here in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, it says, he who says he abides in him ought to walk just as Jesus walked. Jesus walked in loving obedience to the Father and we should walk in loving obedience as well to his word. Now, look over in chapter 5 of 1 John. 1 John chapter 5, uh, verse 3. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. So loving God means keeping his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome for the true disciple. When you really truly love God, obeying him is not a burden. It's not a trouble. It's a joy. It's a delight to honor God and to please him and do his will instead of your own will. Doesn't mean it's always easy. Sometimes you're in Gethsemane, but The desire of your heart is to please God because you love him so much. And so it's not a burden. It's not a hassle. A true believer, um, a true believer will obey his word, will submit to his word. Now go back to John chapter 8. And I would say along with that, a person who uh, professes to be a Christian, and yet at the same time they say his word's a burden or it's a hassle or they're constantly resisting what the Bible says, or they're constantly arguing what the Bible says, or they're constantly ignoring what the Bible says. That's, that's a mark of somebody who's not a true believer. Even though they, they say that they are, that's a mark that they're not. because a true believer will, it's not a burden to them. It's not a burden. So now back here in chapter eight, verse 31, he tells us again, the mark of a true disciple. It is uh, someone who abides in God's word. Uh, It's someone who uh, is lovingly obedient and submitted to the word of God. That's the evidence. That's what we look for in a person's life. Now look at the wonderful promise in verse 32. John chapter 8 verse 32. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. If you abide in his word. You will know the truth. What truth? Spiritual truth. Eternal truth. Gospel truth. Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way, the life, and the truth. No one comes to the Father but through me. John seventeen seventeen. Jesus said, the word is truth. And if you know the truth, you know the truth of Jesus, you know the truth of his word, the truth, look what it says, shall make you free. What a promise. That truth will make you free. Now, the crowd that he's speaking to, they think he's talking about political freedom. So they say, in verse 33, they say, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will be made free? Now, that's what you call selective memory. (laughs) They They don't remember being slaves.
0: You're listening to Ring of Truth
1: you can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks,
0: Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth.
1: Now, just in case you don't know, uh, the Jewish people were slaves to the Egyptians. They were slaves to the Assyrians. They were slaves to the Babylonians. They were slaves to the Medo-Persians. They were conquered by the Greeks. Uh, And as at the time of Jesus, as they're saying this, the Jewish people weren't even free then. They were under the dominion of the Roman Empire. And yet they say here again, we've never been in bondage to anyone. Their whole history is a history of people in bondage. Verse 34, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Jesus was talking about freedom from the power and dominion of sin. Whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. Again, let me just be clear here, just so you're not all knotted up with this. Uh, We all fall short. We all sin. We all blow it. What he's talking about here is practicing sin, habitual sin, a lifestyle in sin, ongoing sin in a person's life. And he says here, you, you practice sin because you're a slave to your sin. And I, and I want you to notice this because it's, it's amazing to me. They were in bondage to sin and they didn't know it. They were in bondage to their sin and they thought they were free. Sin is so deceptive. Sin is so deceptive. Here's here's one way it deceives you. It will enslave you, but then make you think that you're free. It will enslave you and make you think, I'm not a slave to my sin. I'm free. It doesn't control me. I control it. and It dupes us, man, doesn't it? It just deceives us. And it, and it tricks us into thinking that we are free people when we are nothing but slaves. That's how sin works. And I want you to notice also, Jesus is saying this to religious people. He is saying this to people that are at the temple in Jerusalem. And he's telling religious people, you're slaves to your sin. And they don't even realize it. And then he says in verse 35, and a slave, now watch this, a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. What is he saying in verse 35? He's saying a slave is not a member of the family. A son is a member of a family, but a slave is not a son. Jesus is saying to this crowd, you are slaves to your sin and you are not children of God. They're in the temple. And he says, it's like, you know, in church. He says, you're slaves to your sin and you're not Children of God. So, this is another mark, another characteristic of a true disciple of Jesus Christ. Not only do they abide in his word, they continue in it, they're submitted to it, they obey his word, but also a true disciple is not, listen, not a slave to their sin. A true disciple is not a slave to sin. They don't live in ongoing, habitual sin. Sin no longer characterizes the life of a true disciple. A true disciple has been set free by Jesus Christ. A true disciple has been set free by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sin. When Jesus was on that cross, all of our sin was laid upon him. And he took the punishment, he took the penalty as a substitute standing in for us, and through his death and resurrection, we are set free from the power and dominion of sin so that it no longer rules our life, it no longer controls us. It's not some kind of ongoing thing for a disciple that we're dealing with all the time or under the power of all the time because the cross broke the power of sin. Amen? Amen. Jesus broke the power of sin. He broke the deception of sin. Uh, He broke the the control of sin. He broke the dominion of sin. He broke the penalty of sin. Ultimately, on Judgment Day, we're not going to be held accountable for our sin because all of our sin was already paid for on the cross. It's already been punished. And one day when we go to be with Jesus, the presence of sin will be removed. From our lives. Forever. Verse 36. It says when Jesus Christ sets you free. From sin. You are free indeed. And what does that mean? That means listen. You are really free. You're really free. Free forever. Forever. Not free temporarily. Not free for a couple weeks, and then I go back into it. That's not freedom. When when it says here, when Jesus says that He sets people free, and that they're free indeed, He is saying that you have been really set free from your sin, and you will no longer be a slave to it. He's broken the power of sin once and for all. It's real freedom. It's, it's, it's not temporary freedom where I'm going to try and quit. and Maybe I make it a couple weeks or a couple months, then I'm right back at it. That's not freedom. That's me trying in my own flesh to get myself out of the bondage I'm in. And it doesn't work. Jesus Christ breaks the power of sin and he sets us free once and for all. It's done. Now, I want to just quickly show you a couple verses. Turn with me to Romans chapter six. Fast, fast, fast. Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Knowing this, do you know this? Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him. Who's the old man? That old man was a slave to sin. was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Look down in verse 11. Likewise, you also reckon. Yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. Dead to sin now, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Verse 12, therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body that you should obey it in its lust. And do not, so this is what we have to do now because we're free. We've been set free indeed from our sin. We're no longer slaves. So now, Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under the law, but under grace. What then, verse 15, shall we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? Certainly not. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are the one's slave whom you obey, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience obedience leading to righteousness? But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart the form of doctrine to which you were delivered, the gospel, you obeyed the gospel, and having been set free from sin, You've become slaves of righteousness. He says, I speak in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now you, your members are slaves of righteousness for holiness. For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard of righteousness. Isn't that true? When We are slaves of sin. We are free of righteousness. Uh What fruit, just listen to this verse. What fruit did you have then, when you were a slave to sin, in the things of which you are now ashamed? What did your sin produce in your life? What was the fruit of that time? Those things that you did that you're now ashamed. For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, You have your fruit to holiness. And the end of it, everlasting life. What a promise. We've been set free from sin. We've been set free from the power and life controlling dominion of sin. The genuine follower of Jesus Christ, the person who is a true disciple, is someone who abides in the word of God, who lovingly embraces the word of God and submits to it, and believes it, and obeys it, and continues in it, and perseveres, and a true disciple of Jesus Christ is free from life-controlling sin and is walking in that freedom and no longer presenting themselves back to that sin because we're free and we're never going back there. And I don't want to go back there and do those things that I'm ashamed of that I ever did that just produce death and destruction in my life. We have been set free, walk in the freedom. Walk in the freedom. Walk in the holiness and the righteousness that God has now provided for you.
2: He asked me how I know. And I say, bring truer than the finest crystal.
0: If you missed any part of today's message, or would like to hear more of Pastor Dan's teachings from 1 John, you can do so right now at calvaryec.com. Just click on media. In fact, there's an entire library of Pastor Dan's messages that you're welcome to listen to and even share with friends and family. Would you do us a favor? Would you join us in praying for the ministry of Ring of Truth? Please pray for Pastor Dan and everyone involved in this program that we would continue to listen and respond to what our Heavenly Father has to say. Pray, too, for your brothers and sisters in Christ listening along with you, that they would be protected from the enemy, and that the truth and blessing of Scripture would fuel their passion for following the Lord. Thank you for taking the time to pray. Though our time with you is at an end for today, we'd like to encourage you not to shut your Bible just yet. Continue reading in the book of 1 John, or take some time to explore any of the other 65 books in God's Word. Each one reveals new aspects of your relationship with your Creator and will open your eyes to His purpose and plans for this world and for you. We pray you are blessed richly as you continue an extended time of learning from Scripture. Thanks for tuning in today, and join us next time for another edition of Ring of Truth.